Okay, so just in case you don't know me, I'm Becca, and I'm the pays I'm the pays worker here at Junction Ten, and um, usually I'm out with the Kitty Winkles or yeah, I'm from Sheffield, so if you think I sound a bit funny, you're right. <laughs> so yeah, but we're just gonna go with it. Um, I believe God's put something on my heart that I'd like to share with you. So um, yeah. Sorry. Okay. So right now, I want you to imagine that you're sat in your house in your home if it helps to close your eyes you can close your eyes if you really want to if not but I want I want us to just get our imaginations flowing so you're sat in your house but your house isn't your house it represents you as a person so even kids you could be sat in your bedrooms right now or adults maybe you're sat in the living room sipping sipping a cup of tea um I don't know but you are somewhere in your house and all of a sudden, there's a knock on the door, and you're like, oh my word, I didn't plan for anyone to come. I'm sipping my cup of tea. Kids, you're probably playing on the Xbox. You didn't expect people to come round. So you go, you open the door, and oh my gosh, Jesus is here. What? So <laughs> you let Jesus in, you take him through to the living room, you sit down, oh wait, you've closed the door as well. <laughs> you sit down, and all of a sudden, you very aware that your house is not necessarily the tidiest house in the world. You're very aware that there's just stuff all over and you've not hoovered. You're very aware that there's probably clothes around everywhere that um, you, you were ma- meaning to wash, but they just it just never got to the washing machine. And um, there's also like cups of tea and like maybe a tea stain on the, on the table. And you realize it's pretty messy, yeah? Um, But then also, you kind of have this panic of, oh my gosh, not only have I not done the dishes, I don't know what to say to Jesus. Like, he's sat in front of me, he's right there, but I don't know what to say to him, what should I do? And then, yeah, I I was kind of coming up with some things that maybe are not so good things that we do when Jesus is in our living room. And you can open your eyes now if you closed your eyes, if that helped you. Um... But yeah, um, I think sometimes we come up with excuses. Um, We've we've invited Jesus into our houses. We've invited Jesus into our hearts. But maybe sometimes we come up with excuses of why um, we can't spend time with Jesus. Maybe you've gone to do the dishes, but you're going to go do the dishes on your own. You've not invited him to come with you. Um, So you go and you do your dishes, and then eight hours later, after you've finished tidying your whole house, you come back, and Jesus is still there waiting. Um, But as soon as you clean the house, it gets mucky again, right? Um, But yeah, so we make excuses. Um, Jesus is left waiting. Um, We're putting what we want first. So all of a sudden we're worrying about these things or maybe we've just got something on our minds. Maybe there's some kind of sin that's getting in the way of us and having a conversation with Jesus. And sometimes things just get in the way, life gets in the way and we don't set aside that time to go and spend time with Jesus. Um, 
And maybe even sometimes we use Jesus as a problem solver. So we go to Jesus and we're like, oh, I've really got this problem, Jesus. Can you help me with this? And he's like, yeah, sure. Like, I want to spend time with you. So then you talk to him about the problem and that's great. But then you go off and you do something else and he's still left in the living room like, great. Yeah, that was good. Glad we had that time. It's great. So you may be wondering why this whiteboard is right here and it has a very nice picture of a cloud on it. Well, on Pays, that's the project that I work for, um, we have this um, kind of principle and it's called the, cr the cloud and the line. So I'll explain the cloud later, but what the line represents is um, on this side, it's kind it represents the law, sorry. And on this side, we kind of ask questions like, okay, um, what can I do to get away with? Um, is it going to be okay if I do this? Oh, if I, if I just have that one extra donor, is it really going to be that much of a problem? Or maybe it's something even more serious, um, like maybe even considering like breaking the worldly laws. So that's what the line represents. And then on the other side of the, the line is kind of another extreme. So this side of the line is, okay, what reward am I going to get for doing this? So if I do this for Jesus, what am, what am I going to get? Like what's the, what's the gift I'm going to get? Or like am I going to get extra blessings for doing this today, Jesus? Um, so this is kind of what the line represents. Now um, I'm just going to read Matthew 6, verse 31 to 33. And you can turn to it if you'd like to turn to it. I'll give you a second. <clears throat> it says, Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans pursue all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So my first question is, what on earth is a pagan? I did, I, mm, what, what's a pagan? Because it says, for the pagans pursue all these things, um, all the worldly things. So I did my little research, and um, I found out that there's a temple, which is now in nowadays Turkey, but in, in Jesus' time, it would have been uh, in Didyma. And it was the temple to Apollo. Now, people, it was 800 years old, 800 years to build that one building. It had 122 columns. And um, it would have been this massive kind of white marble building. Um, and it would have taken, to build one column took 57 years. So that's literally one person's lifetime in those days to build the one column. And... Um, sorry, <laughs> and it would have taken so long to build, and in those days, you can't just like pop in the car, I'm going to go to see Apollo, and then I'm going to pop back, um, you can't just do that in those days, so they would have had to walk, some people would have walked for weeks, and maybe even months to get to this temple, to ask God one question, okay, so they would get that offering, which was usually like a pigeon or something like more 
carryable. And they would take it to the well, which is outside the temple, and they would have the priest clean it. And even before they got to ask their question, they were told whether their question was good enough. They were told whether their sacrifice was good enough. So they would have this washed, and then they would go, excuse me, they would go to... um, the temple doors, so say you've, you've, they've said, okay, yeah, that's fine, you can take your sacrifice, that'll be fine. So they take the sacrifice to the temple doors, and then a priest greets you and takes the offering and asks you a question. So then your question, you don't go with your question then, you stay at the temple doors, and your question gets taken inside the building, away from everywhere else, and it would have been given to a lady called an oracle, Now, she was a lady and she would have sat over this really big vat of chemicals, um, which nowadays would be glue, and she would um, connect with the spirits, Um, she would get high, and then... In connecting with the spirits, she would be given these um, gobbledygook words and then a priest would be expected to um, translate those words into like a poem or like a catchy phrase. And then um, this catchy phrase would then um, be given to another priest who's dressed as Apollo and he would go towards the temple doors, they'd open the temple doors and you would be given your answer from God. And that's how it worked. Um, that's how it worked in those days. And that's who Jesus, like that's who the followers of, that's who was following Jesus um, was these pagans who didn't know any better because their version of God was going to a temple and asking one question and having that one question answered. So usually the kind of questions that would be asked would be, if I do this, will you bless me? So, for example, a carpenter would, for example, be given a a plot of land and the question for him would be, okay, I've I've been given this land, I'm thinking of becoming a farmer. Um, God, am I going to get blessings? Like, is it going to be good if I do that? Um, Am I going to receive wealth from do that? Am I going to receive a good income if I change what my job is? Um, Another thing would be if a king goes to war, he would go to the temple and he would say, okay, am I going to win if I go to war? Um, Is there going to be victory? Is there going to be a lot of kind of plunder plunder would you say that plunder <laughs> from from going to war and am i going to succeed and usually his han- his answer would probably be um something like a nation will fall and that's not really helpful to anyone because that could be him or the other kingdom right so um it also uh so now we come back to the cloud And in the cloud, the question is, God, what are you doing and how can I bless you? So down here, we're kind of asking, it's all about us really. And up here, it's changing our focus and changing our direction and looking to God and saying, God, what are you doing? Where are you, where are you working? And how can I um, bless you? How can I follow you better? Um, But yeah, these were the followers of Jesus. Um, mostly the the people who were following Jesus at the time they were following him because either like they really believed he was a son of God or they believed he was gonna um he was gonna kill all the Romans off and they were gonna he was gonna be like the next savior um and that's why they were following him um so we're just gonna go back to the scripture 
which again says, therefore do not worry saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for the pagans pursue all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So we know what pagans are now, um, people who pursued God for what they, um, what sorry, they would pursue worldly things via their God. So they would like want the blessings. But my second question is, what is the kingdom? So in Greek, got my Greek words in there. Yeah, just saying. Uh, in the Greek word, the word is basilia, and this means the rule, the reign, the realm, or the royalty. So where something is submitted to the will of God, that's where the kingdom of God appears. So when you're asking, God, what are you doing, and how can I bless you? That's where the kingdom of God is, and the kingdom of God is everywhere, um, but the kingdom of God is where you're asking that question to. So for Aaron this week, it was, um, God, like, what can I do to help? He, 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 he could see that there was people who needed help. And um, he came on the mission trip and you had fun, right, as well? So it wasn't just boring. We, we had some fun and it was, it was really exciting. Um, for me, in my life, um, asking this question at first meant going to college, so I didn't just jump on pays and there I was. And I needed a training ground first, and I believe college was my training ground. And then I joined pays, and I was here in Walsall for two years. Um, I got to join an amazing family um, here in Junction Ten. Um, I've got to know some great people, and that was like that was amazing um also God did some really amazing things in my life um just a lot of healing um uh, from brokenness in my past and then um I went to Texas and that was that was all pretty exciting too <laughs> I would say like it was really awesome out there and I got to do some really amazing things and see some really amazing people and then my visa got denied now before I came back to England I went to the the leader of pays and said what what can I expect from my my fourth year on pays um what like what, what's going to be good about it or like is there anything I should kind of be aware of like is there going to be like someone jumping out at me or something like this and he said expect blessings and I was like yeah okay it's not the answer I was looking for um but okay if that's what you're saying expect blessings that sounds really good and then my visa got denied and I was like well god um I don't see no blessings and I was really bitter about it but I carried on asking this question, God, where are you? And what do you, like, where can I help you? Where can I serve you? And that led me to um, just helping at a conference uh, at, for pays. Um, I was only meant to be there for three weeks. And then when the conference ended, it turned out Oscar's visa got denied too, and he was meant to be the team leader here. So then it was like, oh, Becca, actually, could you go back to Warsaw? Because you know the area. That's really That would be really nice if you did that. And I never planned to come back. Like, I was expecting to go back to Texas and, like, yeah, help my mentees and serve over there. And God had a different plan. God had a different agenda. Um, but do you know what? I've had so many blessings out of coming back. 
Um, I've been able to um, see all my family again. I've been able to spend time with my dad and my mum and my, my, like, actual family. <laughs> um, and, like, I wouldn't have got that if I'd have gone back to Texas. I also got to have an amazing team who I love very much. Um, God got to teach me things that I wouldn't have learned if I hadn't have come back here. Um, uh, like, for example, when I go to Texas again, my job's going to be that I'm going to be assistant to the training director, so I'm going to be involved in teaching. And I got to do one-on-one -on -one teaching and see my team of four people grow and change and develop and grow closer to God because they were asking that question too. Um, and I wouldn't have got, if I did not ask that question in the beginning, then like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have experienced all this great stuff. Like I, I am immensely blessed. Um, I can also say that I trust God now and I couldn't do that before because um, there was so much hurt in my life. But I can say that I trust God now, which is really cool. Um, so coming back to the house analogy and coming back to um, the, the kind of, the house represents your life. Um, I was kind of asking the question, like, what what does it take? How how can as asking this question um, kind of help me grow closer to Jesus? And actually, I was kind of I was thinking about it, and we've been reading Everyday Supernatural in our house groups. Everyone's liking that, yeah. I like I really like the book. It's really cool, um, and like God's just been like shouting at me like relationship it's all about relationship and um I was like okay God if it's a relationship I've invited you into my house what does that relationship need like what does it need to grow and I was thinking about it and I was thinking a relationship needs love so not only like are we do we love God he loves us back like it's not a one-way street it's a two-way street um like when when we talk to God, when we have that conversation with God, it doesn't come back void. Like it always comes back. Maybe it comes back with you need to wait a while, but he'll always give you an answer if you ask a question. A, a relationship needs a willingness to serve. A relationship needs grace for the bad days and for the good days. A relationship takes time and a relationship needs time. A relationship takes trust, and a relationship needs hope. Um, and when I looked at all these things, I was like, God, what, did, what do these things have in common? And I realized they, the thing that they have in common is the fruits of the Spirit. Um, so then I turned to Galatians, and in Galatians 5, 22 to 23, um, I picked the message version because it fits really well, but if you want to find it in a different version, that's cool. Um, but it says... But what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves in a loyal um, in loyal commitments, um, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. Legalism is helpless in bringing this about. It only gets in the way. 
Among those who, who belong to Christ, everything connected with getting our own way and mindless responding to what everyone else calls necessities is killed off for good, crucified. Um, yeah, that's amazing. Uh, when we get our relationships right with Jesus, so... When coming back to the house analogy, instead of going, oh, Jesus, I've really got to do them dishes. Do you want to come with me? Why don't you just say, sit down, take a breather and say, do you know what, Jesus? What do you want to do? Because this is my life. Take it. And maybe Jesus has got different plans. (laughs) Maybe he is going to take you from the living room and he's going to go, do you know what? Let's go let's go deal with the mess that's in your bedroom or let's go deal with the mess that's in the pantry because the shelves need organizing. Um, Maybe he's just like, you know what, let's go do some weeding outside because there's some stuff that really needs to come out that doesn't need to be there. Um, And instead of saying like, God, yeah, like I have the control. um, Why don't you give the control to Jesus and say, Jesus, you have your way. Um, what are you doing, Jesus, and how can I bless you? And I was looking at kind of the outcomes of what that has, if you ask those questions. Um, I believe it affects other relationships. So not only does your relationship with Jesus become stronger and that bond becomes tighter, um, it, only, it also has a, an effect on your work colleagues. It has an effect on your family. It has an effect on your friends. It has an effect on the people around you. Um, Aaron got to help the homeless this week. And, like, that's amazing. He got to do that. And he wouldn't have done that if he didn't have a heart for Jesus in the first place. And I believe God's given him that heart. And I believe God's given us that heart too, to ask the question, God, what are you doing? And how can I bless you? How can I follow you? Um, it means helping the widows and the orphans. It means helping the homeless. Um, you know, Mary got up and talked about that great opportunity. Why don't you open your house up? What if Jesus is saying, do you know what? You've got a spare room um, in your actual house. Like, why don't, why don't you take that? And that's an amazing opportunity. Um, so to close, and just as the band can get ready to, to play, um, I've got a few questions. And then I've got kind of an activity for you. Um, so uh, my questions are, where are you in the house? How is your relationship with God? Have you been asking the question? Um, are you spending time with Jesus? Um, have you been asking, God, what can I get out of this? What's for me? Or have you actually been asking, God, where are you? And how can I serve you? So down here, we've got a table and we've got a cloud. And if you today are like, actually, you know, that's me. Um, I need to, I'm already a Christian, but I need to like, I need to make a stand and say, do you know what? I'm going to start asking that question. God, where are you? And um, how can I serve you the best? Um, Maybe you could just come and there's a cloud down here. And if you could just put... um, We've got some baby wipes so you don't have to worry about getting messy hands. Just come and put like a thumbprint or a fingerprint in the cloud. It's kind of a stand of saying, do you know what? I am committing today 
um, to uh, ask this question. Maybe you're not a Christian and you've never even asked Jesus into your house. Maybe today, if that's for you as well, you could come put your fingerprint too, but then we're also going to have people who can come and can come and pray for you. Um, and also, maybe you're thinking, oh, I don't really want to go put my thumbprint on the cloud, but Jesus was talking to me right now, and um, I want to I wanna just have some prayer. There's going to be a prayer space, and this is open for anyone. So if that's you and God's been speaking to you, I would, I would challenge you, um, yeah, ask the question. Um, so I'm just going to pray, and then, yeah, if the prayer people can come up, that would be cool. Okay. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for the opportunity to be able to come and to serve you. Um, Lord, I pray and thank you that we get to ask this question, God, what are you doing and how can we serve you? And I just pray, Lord, that that just didn't just hit our heads, but it hit our hearts, God. Lord, whatever you were saying to us specifically or as a church, God, I pray you bring that about. And I just pray in Jesus' name, God, um, yeah, help us to ask that question. God, we want to put you first in our lives um, and not just leave you in the living room. Um, but yeah, I just pray you help us in Jesus' name, amen.